Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You've got with us today your knucklehead, a knucklehead, the knucklehead. This is Stephen. And I'm coming at you today from a, a best-selling author, um, New York bestseller, number one on the, no, I'm just kidding. I have no idea, but I just know that he, he writes a damn good book. Uh, and, uh, Nick Ripplingler. And then he also is the, is it president and CEO founder Battlesite technologies? What's the, uh, what's the, what's the title here, Nick? Yeah. I mean, chief janitor to CEO and everywhere in between. I like it. So marketer, um, you know, bathroom attendant and president marketer all at the same time. Yeah. Whatever needs to get done. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's small business ownership one-on-one. So uh, my, one of my favorite things about his story is, um, as most of y'all know, I, I live in Austin, Texas. I've uh, been to uh, the West Coast. There's a boatload of technology all over the place. Literally, you cannot regulate the amount of technology that is out there. You can only regulate how much you let your life affected by it. In some cases, you can't even do that. Uh, so what's incredible is in the Midwest, out in the great I want to say the great Northwest, but it's literally the, the Midwest where I went to school, where I went to college in North, or excuse me, in, uh, in Dayton, Ohio, Nick and his team are literally putting some, some cool things together. Uh, but this is knucklehead. So we're not going to be sharing a whole bunch of success stories all the time. We're going to talk about the stuff that typically we keep close to, uh, to our vest that we don't share. Um, you know, we're going to get a little bit vulnerable, but I want to know, Nick, just give us a little backstory. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, where you came from. Remember, we, we, we have a, a, a motto here. Don't be beta about the process. So don't be, don't be shy about sharing some things. Yeah, absolutely. So from Dayton, Ohio, I guess yep. from Indiana, moved here a young kid. Had way too much fun in high school. We probably do a whole knucklehead series on that. Um, so college wasn't exactly the option at the time. So yep. I went off to the Army thing. Had a blast. Did seven years. Um, spent the majority of my time overseas between Iraq, Afghanistan, and Germany. Um, my last assignment was the NCOIC of the protective service detail for the NATO commander. So I got to travel all around the world. And wow. Ties basically glorified bodyguards. Knowing that you did that, given what you just said about your, your stint or your tenure in high school. Yeah. Could you, I mean, can you imagine being 16 years old telling yourself that, Hey, listen, you are going to be the sole person who's responsible for protecting the life of this individual as they travel around the world. Uh, it's crazy, man. 16, 17 is a miracle. I kept myself alive. This is some of the dumb stuff I was doing. So. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Well, we've got somebody looking out after you at some point, just like you did for, for that NATO official. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, I, okay. So I, I interrupted you. No, you're fine. Army military, um, excuse me, military. You, yep. you decided to join the service seven years in, um, what was one, what were some of the things that you learned during that time to help to mature you or help your decision-making process to mature? I think one of the like, best things that the military does, no matter what branch or service, we can argue about that some other time, but the military breeds leadership from the first day of boot camp or basic training or whatever the hell they want to call it. You, you're getting welded or molded into a leader at some level. And all of those things are transferable down the road. And yeah, you're going to make mistakes, but the military is probably the most forgiving employer in the world. Like you can do something really stupid as, you know, punch a guy in the heat of a moment. Like I made the mistake of doing back in 2006 and still be able to recover from that where 
if you walk into work tomorrow and punch somebody, you're probably getting fired and charges are probably going to get pressed. So I think just the military for me was a great place to go out there and make some of those mistakes. Um, some larger than others, like I just mentioned, but. Well, with the responsibility, um, well, I've always heard the maturity comes with not necessarily just responsibility or time. What happens is, is you mature as you accept more responsibility, right? So due in large part to the mistakes that you can make, the more, ex, uh, uh, the more you're held accountable to for your mistakes, I think that that can expedite the decision-making process and the maturity process. Doesn't always happen for folks. Sometimes people just literally continue to make stupid mistake after stupid mistake, and they just don't ever learn. And you and I both know a bunch of, of folks, and people may have even thought that about us from time to time. Yeah. But the point is, is, is you can still learn from them. You just, you've got to be able to extract uh, some type of, uh, um, in your book, you talked about, um, I'm going to screw up the title for some reason right now, Frontline Leadership, I believe is the name of it. Um, is that, that's right. So frontline leadership. And you talk, you talked about this willingness to go out there and, and make, I can't remember what chapter it is, but I just remember thinking to myself, the willingness to go out there and make mistakes or the willingness to go out there and look stupid. Um, it was something along those lines. And that lesson just stuck with me because if you're not willing to go out and get some wins, you're never going to learn ever. Absolutely. And like I've I said in a staff meeting earlier this week, I've made a million mistakes both personally, professionally, everything, but I've never made the same mistake twice. So is it really a mistake or is it just a learning lesson? And I'm sure there's somebody that wrote a quote along the same lines, said it much better than I did. But if you really do learn from it, so what? Move forward. Don't make the same knucklehead mistake again. Yeah, we all are. We all are that. That's why we call this knucklehead podcast because yeah. there's, there's literally nothing you can do to stop being from knucklehead, uh, from stop being a knucklehead. Even if you try to not be, you, uh, will, you will appear to be, and then you will prove yourself to be right when somebody else calls you out on it because it just is how it is. Um, all right. So you, so you, you joined the military um, and you had talked about the seven year mark. What is it about the seven year mark? Uh, why did you decide to get out? Did you have a plan when you got out and, and what uh, happened? <laughs> so uh I was actually medically retired. I had a old injury from 2009 that finally caught up with me in 2011. Oh jeez. And so, you know, of course I'm you know, have this you know, fairly bumpy road in the beginning, but finally started to figure it out and started climbing up the ranks, started getting more of the responsibility um and was on a ph phenomenal uh career track. And then all of a sudden I went to the doctor and they're like how do you even walk, man? Your leg is shot. And so one thing led to another, got med boarded 90 days later from the time we found out that's going to happen. We're back home in Ohio, right? My wife and I were somewhat financially smart while we were in the military. So cool. I'm going to take a year off, go back to school, figure out what the hell I want to do when I grow up. We were home for like six weeks and my wife's like, Hey, I'm pregnant. So that completely changes everything. Of course going from two mouths to feed on a tight budget to a baby diapers, medical insurance, all this other crazy stuff. I didn't have a clue about. So, uh, Isn't that amazing? Like somebody told me, I want you to go back to your story here, but somebody told me why they decided to do cloth diapers. And, and then we did the math, like on what diapers cost. And it made me want to vomit. Like we've got, I've got two kids and it's like, it was some ungodly number, like 20 grand on diapers alone. I'm like, my, my kids literally have pooped. $20,000 of my income just 
gone. It's <laughs> a reason I'm not I'm not advocating doing cloth diapers by any stretch of imagination. I'm just saying that's I just remember somebody telling me that math and I was like, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have known that because I also have two kids, so yeah. that's a lot of money. Do the, do the math, <laughs> buddy. And then you throw wipes into the fact. And then if oh, you gotta yeah. you gotta get the organic natural ones, depending oh, yeah, of course where, you where you live in the world. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding all right so back to your story i apologize go ahead yeah so uh after that i went to go work as a defense contractor because what else are you going to do without a college degree um went to night school during all of that time miracle my marriage survived that so that's really good that it did um you know and then started climbing the corporate ladder which is honestly not that much different than climbing the military ladder you make mistakes, you learn from them, you don't do them, you get more responsibility in new positions. Instead of moving from unit to unit like you do in the military, now you just move from company to company, climbing that ladder. So I ended up managing about a billion dollar portfolio at my last job, which is awesome, right? Senior director, 30, this huge portfolio, but I just wasn't happy. And that's what led to uh, battle site. What was it? What was it about your uh, your time in? How did you learn best? Did you learn by screwing up? Did you learn by reading? Did you learn by uh, asking questions? What was it that that allowed you to humble yourself enough to go? Listen, I'm a knucklehead. I, I screwed up. I made a mistake here. But how did you how did you learn from whatever that mistake was? Yeah, me personally, I learned by going out and doing. If it works, hey, you know, throw that in the toolkit of things that work. If it goes out and fails miserably. You throw that in the toolkit too. Never do that again. Um, I've always been a big reader. But I don't know. I don't comprehend that well, I guess. But the biggest thing for me in the military and in the civilian world was mentorship, right? Go find the guy who's a little bit farther than you want to be, who's already been there, and, you know, befriend him or her. Because people want to share. Like, I want to tell you my mistakes so you don't make the same mistakes. Or I want to tell you what's worked for me. And, you know, you throw that in your toolkit, it might work for you. Because you can't even put a value on those, whether they're paid or unpaid. Even if they are paid, it should be delivering more than you're paying and still, you know, a huge value add. Yeah, there's a success principle in what you just said about the, you know, the habit of going the extra mile. The um, There's a book that I've mentioned it before in the podcast. You can go and check it out. I think Think and Grow Rich or Master Keto Rich is, was, was, is the name of where they talk about the success principle of the habit of going the extra mile. And you don't, you don't really understand it until you evaluate the times where you achieved seemingly more than what you were supposed to. And a lot of times it was because you had blinders on and you were so focused on uh, getting something accomplished that you didn't even, you didn't even quite pay attention to the work that was associated with it or why you succeeded and why you did it before. Um, And I think you touched on some, you, you touched on some of it. I mean, there's some lessons in there that I'm hearing about what you're saying Specifically, when you talk about the correlation between success in the corporate ladder and success in the military uh, chain of command, growing in both of those two, the common denominator between them is work ethic, focus, and you, right? I think it's just doing, right? Like, I don't know how it works in the Marine Corps, but in the Army, right, you have to be a doer as an E4 to get considered for E5. And that's kind of like a big turning point where people either decide to re-enlist or get out. And it's the same way in the corporate world. You put in the work and the results follow. And I think a big thing that, you know, I personally struggle with is when you do hit those successes, enjoy them. Man, you worked your ass off to get there. So we just celebrated our one year anniversary at Battle Site, and it hit me like a ton of bricks emotionally. Like, 
putting this presentation together for everybody who supported us. It's just like, holy shit, we've done all of this in one year. And you never take the moment in the day to celebrate these little baby steps. And then all of a sudden, you've got this huge, massive thing on your hands. 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. There's 365 days in a year, 240 or 250 some odd of them are, are considered work days, right? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's also, if you look at your day in 15 minute increments over eight to 10 hour period of time, I mean, that could be anywhere between 32 to, um, uh, my math is, is potentially off a little bit, 32 to 48, yeah, 32 to 48 opportunities for you to get 15 minutes better, what I call 1% better every day or a continuous improvement. That's 365% better if you worked every day or 250 some odds percent better if you gave it your all to get 1% better over the course of a year. So you're literally almost 300 times better than what you were when you started, which yeah. is incredible when you think about it. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's phenomenal. But I think like with the knucklehead, you know, movement, of sitting back looking and learning from your mistakes you also have to learn from your successes too and that's something like over the last you know year or so it's really kind of hit home to me that turns can, you out give an ex can you give an example of what would be uh, uh, an example of learning from your successes and, and repeating that process yeah so when we stood up manufacturing at battle site i don't know we wasted like 10 grand on just failed batches like we mix all these chemicals together hit the go button and then boom, complete and utter failure. But that first time that we did it, well, not probably, it's like the third time we did it successfully, we actually decided to document what we did. Um, like that's a huge success, right? And we now have the process, the procedure of how to do this consistently. And then we brought in a 15 year old intern from a local high school, gave him the procedures and said, hey, go make this. And he did successfully, like that's a huge win. At the time, it was like a check the box. All right, we got that done. Let's move on to the next thing. How do we make this more efficient versus going out and having a beer and actually celebrating that, you know, pretty huge milestone looking back on it. But at the time, it was so much frustration led up to that point that the success was like, finally, we figured this out and we moved on to the next task. So take some time and celebrate those little things. That's, that's very, very I mean, that's, that, that's so simple. Yeah. It's so simple, but yet it's so profound. That's it's so easy awesome. to overlook too, man. Yeah, it really yeah. is. You know, completely dove into something, whether it's your civilian career, your military career, or any aspect of life, it's just so easy to overlook those. And Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, t I started this, this, this um, I guess, path down the journey of Nipper, Nick Ripplinger and, uh, and Battlesite Technologies by uh, talking about uh, Austin and talking about San Francisco or Silicon Valley and, you know, tech startups all over the place. And you're in an area where I've, I've, I've heard things about Ohio. I've heard things about kind of the community that's there. Spent some time up in Illinois, um, you know, parts of Illinois that are starting to kind of uh, be you know, lower cost of living, people are wanting to invest back in manufacturing. There's kind of salt of the earth folks there that are willing to put their, you know, put their head down and get to work. Uh, well, some of the largest corporations on the planet are, are the planet are, are out that way. So uh, why not have a budding tech community? So what would you say to somebody who's fixing to get out of the military or, or maybe even somebody who's a recent college grad who's saying, Hey, no, I've heard that I have to be in some of the higher costing places to live like Austin or, 
San Francisco in order to actually be relevant in the tech sphere. You know, what would you say about somebody who's got some Midwest work ethic, uh, not afraid to go out and, and, and take challenges head on, but they're in the Midwest? Yeah. Um, so a little background on Dayton. We used to have more patents per capita than anywhere in the world. So, you know, we kind of had that root in technology and patentable ideas. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything went to Boston, Austin, and Silicon Valley. Um, and kind of like crushed our community on that front a little bit. But you hit, you hit it on the head, man. Like, I don't think there's too many places you can live cheaper than the Midwest, right? We don't have the mountains. We don't have the oceans. But there's a lot of cool stuff going on here. Um, in technology, I think it's kind of made the coast not as relevant. You can design an app from anywhere where you have an internet connection. You don't have to be in Silicon Valley paying, you know, $15,000 a month for a one bedroom apartment. Do it right here in Dayton, Ohio for 700 bucks a month for the apartment. And I think it's the key to any successful technology is the right team. Whether it's the battle site crowns or whether it's the next Facebook, if you don't have the right people around you who are bought into the mission, you're going to fail. So I don't really think location really has much to do with that at all. That's, I love that. That's uh, there's more. So there's more stories like that that are out there that you probably work right alongside where folks need to hear, hear those, those failures, those struggles, those insights, those breakthroughs, and then your successes. Uh, one, just because there's, there's a bunch of people who are 15 years old, like that intern who feel as if there's this status quo, they've got to, uh, live up to. I call it participating in the world of filters. You know, we call it at Knucklehead. Just you don't have to put yourself uh, in a position where you're really compromising. Um, you know, either some of your moral character, your uh, your your integrity, potentially even your financial stability. You don't have to do all those things to accomplish something incredible, right? And you have to. Yeah, you do have to put yourself out there and, and put yourself in a in an environment where you can get mentored, um, but you don't necessarily have to go. Uh, do exactly what you're talking about. 15 G's for a place to live is that's pretty pricey, bud. I don't know what yeah, you're I mean, talking about. Same for interns made like 10 grand a month. Our interns made like a thousand a month, and they were living just fine. You know, it's yeah, it's for sure. That, but. Yeah, no, I understand. So, um, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We're coming right up against it in terms of time, buddy. So let's uh, let's wrap with this. What is, I mean, what is something uh, from a failure standpoint where, yes, you, you, did, you don't make the same mistake twice, but what's something where you found yourself doing over and over again where you're like, God, why do I keep on doing that one thing? And you learned from it and you were able to, to move forward that you could share with us. Yeah, so my biggest flaw is my lack of patience. And if I get an idea, I just want to run and go execute against it. And I've done that so many times. I happened with the book, man. The book was written in like six weeks because – damn it, I'm going to write a book. I sat down and wrote a book. You know, had I spent a year on it, probably would have been a better product. Same thing with Battlesite, right? We pulled the trigger and we just lowered our head and ran through walls. But over the course of Battlesite, like we'll get ideas, but we don't execute until we have some informal, formal type of meeting. We pull in our advisors, right? We've got probably the best team of advisors in the world that we bounce ideas off before we start taking action now. So it's, you know, what, what's that phrase in the military? Fast is smooth and smooth is slow or something like that. 
Something like that. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's probably somebody out there. There's probably some green beret wanting to beat up his head, his head up against the wall going, no, it's, yeah. it's this instead. Yeah. I'm sure I murdered it. I'm sorry guys. Uh, but yeah. you really do kind of have to slow down a little bit in order to go fast. And so you know, there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many dollars in the bank account. So if you take that half a second pause, bounce the idea off of somebody and then execute, it seems to work a lot better which is something that took me like 10 years to figure out. I call that slowing down to speed up. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And I know I didn't make up that, that term. Somebody else told me that one time and I thought it was brilliant. I was like, I'm going to steal that. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, well, let me, let's, let's wrap there. I think, I think that that's a, a good uh, landing point because what you did is you touched on, um, things that you didn't know that you needed to know. You, you reached out to your sphere of influence, your network. You found some mentors. Um, you were able to leverage some of the experiences from the military and also your post-military career to, uh, to lead to a successful um, uh, startup with your uh, technology business. You were able to, to go back home uh, and be that diamond in the rough and make it happen where you grew up, true to your roots, uh, which that's a tip of the cap. There's a lot of folks that leave and abandon their home and um, and, and never go back. And, and not that that's a wrong thing. I just, there's a, I've got an appreciation for folks that, um, stick it out where they are and then they make something of themselves. So that's a, that's a tip of the cap to you, Nick. So keep it up, buddy. Uh, we're rooting for you down here in Texas. Thank you, sir. Um, I think that that's it. I think that how can people find you? I mean, how, how can people get in touch with battle time or battle site or how can they get in touch with Nick? Where can they buy your book? And then how can they support you? Yeah. So the book's on Amazon uh frontline leadership My we'll put email. the we'll put the links in the show notes awesome. thank you and then uh to reach me at battle sites just nick at battlesitetech.com we've got a cool technology we're just trying to get it in the hands of as many people so if you think somebody could use an infrared crayon hit us up battle site all right so those marines that are that are watching um, he's got a shirt that actually spells it out but site is not the same as like a work site so site is like like That's eyesight S-I-G-H-T. So just, uh, just, just letting you know, there's a couple of us are knuckle draggers, myself included. So My partner as well. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you. All right. So Nick and battle site, uh, you can order the book in the show notes and, uh, you heard it right here. Remember, don't be beta about the process. You can listen to knucklehead podcasts on iTunes, your favorite podcast listening app. Uh, Podbean, If you want to Google play, you name it, you can find us just about anywhere. You can get your don't be beta shirts at the website, knuckleheadpodcast.com, or get some wins. That's, uh, if that's more your, your, your flavor. I get it. There's, uh, there's folks that, uh, that get their panties in the wad about, uh, about our slogans. That's okay. It's not for everybody. We're not, looking, we're not looking to get everybody. What we are looking to do is get you to pay attention to your life, pay attention to the choices you make, uh, and learn from folks like Nick. Uh, we, we appreciate him and his time. And uh, Nick, uh, thank you for taking some time away from your family, buddy. Have a good rest of the week, okay? Love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Absolutely, but we'll talk to you soon.